I and 20,000 other people had lunch with 44th President of the United States, Barack Obama, today. As we welcome you into this 318th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, lunch lunch with Barack. Yeah, I like that. Um, interesting day. Um, wasn't what I expected it to be. I knew it wasn't going to be a... Uh, What's the word? The BAM, the or BASH, the current administration. I knew that. There were a couple of subtle hints if you paid attention, but entering uh, interesting day. Um, we can certainly talk about that. Again, it really wasn't anything that I ex- had expected. Um, I'm kind of scooby-dooing along here by the seat of my pants today, and I do want to say thank you to David Brody, an old colleague of mine back in the Ron Barr days, David connected with me today on LinkedIn, and um, that was momentous for me. Awesome. Um, I'm hoping that uh, he listens to this. He is actually teaching something in Birmingham, Alabama, of all places. Well, if he tears an ACL, he can go to see Dr. James Andrews. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Or improve his education at the University of Alabama. Or go watch the Birmingham Iron and the AAF if they're still around next week. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't suggest any of the above. Sorry. Not a big fan of Alabama. Nick Saban or not. Um, a lot of things going on. The Toronto Maple Leafs were here last night, kicked the crap out of the local the local yokels. Six to two last night. It was seemingly with the vociferous, vociferous people in the blue jerseys that three quarters of the stands were filled with Maple Leafs fans. It's always like that when the Maple well, Leafs well travel anywhere. Any original six. Well, not only that, the but especially ones, a Canadian Toronto, one. Toronto, Montreal. And, well, and how oh. many transplanted Ontarians or Ontario, whatever the hell you call them, legends in their own minds, how many of them live out in Western Canada now? A lot. Oh, lots, yeah. Lots of them. You know, you always make fun of the, the Saskatchewan people that move anywhere and they don't well, just they don't travel well with the team. They just move to the town. Ontario was it Ontarians? I think so. The same fucking thing. I shouldn't say it. How many Las Vegans are in Calgary? Okay, just one, two. Oh, two. Remember that other guy I told you about that? Oh, that yeah. was married to yeah. my brother-in-law's daughter. Um, but we've got. The National Football League, the scouting combine is complete. We can certainly talk about that. Some guys I've heard have really obviously taken a great jump. There's a defensive end out of Mississippi State, Montez Sweat, that ran a 4.41 40-yard dash. That's faster than anybody on the Packers' fucking team right now. I've I heard, think I've heard there's a lot of interest from the Packers. Oh, for sure there and is. And everybody else. And uh, so we can certainly talk about that. Um, this one really hurts, but it's part of, of, of reporting the news. And that's part of it here on Unscripted before I give the microphone over to the executive producer, the boss. But I do want to make, I got it. I got it. You know, I've been sitting here tooting the horn of the goddamn Milwaukee Bucks all year long. And, you know, against the rest of the NBA, they're 48 and 14. Pretty damn good. That's winning at a 75% clip. Against the Phoenix Suns, who now have 13 total wins on the season, they've been the first team officially eliminated from playoff consideration, and the Milwaukee Bucks this year are 0-2 against the Phoenix fucking Suns. That can't... Their management is screwed up. What's Robert Sarver done in eight years 
as the owner of the Phoenix Suns. They're worse now than when he fired, basically fired Steve Kerr. Remember, Steve Kerr was once a general manager of the Phoenix Suns. He couldn't do the job, according to Robert Sarver. Steve Kerr goes to San Francisco, and he's done okay with the Golden State Warriors, I would say. So there's a lot of things to talk about as I welcome in the executive producer. I get on a tangent. I've been listening to Obama, and I thought he was going to be kind of making a speech, and it was like someone had to kind of wake him up. I give the microphone to the executive executive producer, Mr. Fluke. Thanks. Well, I'll pick you up on all 20 things you just mentioned there. Well, you know, I got on a roll. I got caffeine in me. It's okay. It's unscripted. Yes, a conversation with Obama, they called it. And I knew it wouldn't be much of a conversation except, yeah, asking how the family's doing. Just totally vanilla. I don't know. There's these things. They're so mainstream and so safe and so sanitized. And I just, I don't know. And it was 175 bucks a ticket. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, Judy, as I told you, Judy Judy won ours on a local radio station. Um, I wouldn't have paid that. It wasn't worth it. Um, yeah. The one, th- I mean, I was looking for some some detail. I was looking for something, and and again, that's my military background, and and I I get all that. What we're, you know, I was just looking for, and I understand you don't talk defense policy much with a Democrat. I get it, a liberal. You don't get you. They don't do it. It's like putting me in a room with Miley Cyrus. <laughs> that's for you. Uh, uh, who was that one of Ryan. Ryan Ryan was giving me the gears or giving well yeah me about Miley Cyrus sorry no talented not that good looking um, you know it just was very vanilla and I the one thing that bothered me and I mentioned it to Chris's wife Martina when I walked in this afternoon was this province is begging for something good to have happen in regard to its economy and to its belief in its political system and a lot of things because not to get on a big soapbox here, but the political system in Alberta has failed the people in my opinion. And that's what happens when you change something after 44 years of one, one government idea and to radically change it and expect miracles to happen with a bunch of bozos leading the parade. It's, it's going to take time. And even if you, if somebody comes in tomorrow and takes over, it's going to take how many years to correct the crap? Well, it could be fairly fast. I mean, the bill number one of a Jason Kenney government will be repeal the carbon tax, and that's going to be a nice start. People love that. And then they're just, he's ready to go. That guy's prepared. And I know that, and I want to talk about that, but I wanted, what I was most disappointed about with, about Obama this afternoon, and obviously he's, he's, it was like he was on a pitch count. It was like he was, being paid by word spoken. There wasn't much coming out of it. It's very articulate. The ladies love him. Um, he's a bit of a, you know, I don't know. But anyway, this this province is looking for something to stimulate the economy, stimulate some growth, stimulate some a lot of things. Their beliefs, for Christ's sake. And the question was asked, in fairness, the question was asked, what would be his suggestions? Just his suggestions as to how they could generate, because obviously if you're not familiar with Western Canada, specifically the province of Alberta, is very heavily, and I'll just say involved, in the oil and gas industry and the remnants of it, and and I'll let you fill in the rest of the blanks. But we are heavy in oil and gas here. Um, And the, the question was posed to Obama that... What would be some of your suggestions? And he says, I'll let you f- you guys figure it out. You got some smart people that live here. 
And I'm like, you couldn't throw us a bone. You couldn't yeah. tell us. And I mean, it would just be nice to have an opinion from somebody else. And he couldn't even, and my, and I, I, I think it was a hundred, like Chris said, about $175 a pop. And there were some, that were paying a lot more, obviously oh, yeah. the meet and greeters that had the coat and ties Oof. on, but for 175 bucks for, you know, I just thought we should get an opinion, throw us a bone. You know, that's what I think a lot of us were sitting there hoping for. Half of the audience was there to look at him and Google of the woman that sat next to us. It sounded like she was going to have an orgasm as soon as she came. You see, as soon as he came onto the stage, but some of us were looking for just a little bit of help, a little bit of info, a little bit of insight. Yeah. This whole thing, it reminds me of the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, to be honest with you. And it's weird because I have nothing personally against Obama at all. Like I'm just not a liberal, especially fiscally, but I, he was there for eight years and I can't, I, I try to follow politics, and this isn't supposed to be insulting. I, I can't name anything that he did. Like, I, I can't, I honestly can't name anything of importance that he did at all. Obamacare. Yeah, of importance that's going to last and didn't <laughs> well, I'm suck. Just, I'm just, I'm throwing something out yeah, there. Yeah, I know, but, but I mean, like, good stuff. Like, anything worthwhile that's going to be great to help the economy is, is going to be really wonderful. And uh, that's... Mil- militarily, he was the guy that got Osama bin Laden. He happened to be in office <laughs> well, when I'm, something started. I'm trying uh, to extenuate some. You know. Yeah, holy moly! Yeah, he also killed a bunch. How many innocent civilians did Obama kill with drones on the way to that? But anyway, I'm not trying to get into conversation about that. I don't know what he did. Like it's funny when this I is was unscripted. We can go in any way we want well, to go. Yeah, and I wasn't at this thing today, but a while back I heard Obama speaking out against guns, which is great. Okay, but. He was there for eight years, and I don't remember him ever really tackling guns. It's so weird to be the president of the United States for eight years, and then afterwards say, you know what, those guns, someone should really deal with those guns. It's like, <laughs> Well, that's like what? my question posed today. He was like, you know, well, you've got smart people there, or here, meaning inside the, the, in the down in the floodplain, down in the, in the Scotiabank saddle dome. And, uh, you know, to say, we got smart people here, you can figure it out. It's like... What a cop up! I know it really was. We're not looking for we're not looking for the scientific equation to how to solve the problem. Just throw us a bone. Tell us what you would do. Tell us what you would maybe suggest to somebody if uh, Trudeau has his job long enough to <laughs> to worry about if he was to solicit your advice. Throw us a bone. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, for how much people are paying, you really should have. But- from in his defense, why would he take any risks like that? Because clearly the woman beside you, it's like when I asked a group of alleged Nenshi supporters, okay, name one policy that he has that you like, and they couldn't do it. It's because it's more of a cult of personality, or it's, you know, a certain gender or ethnic group that you just are mindlessly cheering for, or just because they're liberal or whatever it is, whatever your thing that you will cheer for anyone in a certain category, you're all compartmentalized like that. If that's what you're doing, then there's no reason to say any substance to those people because that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, and that's what they got. So that's uh, it's a funny thing, but it reminds me of Bill Burr, the great comedian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, Bill Burr, he's yeah. amazing. And he had a great bit where he was, he hates Michelle Obama. And so he was, he was making fun of Michelle Obama for saying, you know, like, you know, some girls were kidnapped. He's like, bring back our girls. And so Bill Burr's like, what is raising awareness with me going to do? Okay, look across the dinner table. You see that guy? He's the leader of the free world. Like this is back when Obama's <laughs> yeah, yeah, in power. Yeah, yeah. It's like, 
How about you get him to pick up the fucking phone? What are you trying to, to get talk to me about? And it's it's like that. So it's disappointing. But anyway, speaking of the Saddle Dome, there was, I don't know if you heard this this week, because I just heard it today. Apparently, our city council has set aside $1.5 billion in, I believe they call it, uh, future capital projects. Whoa. So... To me, this is Nenshi's big plan of backdooring the Olympics in here. Didn't work to magically get him his arena because he didn't know how to negotiate with people properly. And he tried to get a big head about it like he does about everything. So then now to me, this is like, okay, we really don't want to lose the team. We fucked up. So now we better start setting aside money. There's still no deal in place. For by all reports, even right up to like an, is there, you know, an hour ago. Is there ago. a proposed site? No, there's nothing. No, oh, no, okay. no. Nothing. They're uh, just putting this away for a rainy day. Here's $1.5 billion for random capital projects. Gary Bettman comes down and says, if I don't have, yeah. if I don't see an oh, arena that. deal or, or at least blueprints on a proposed arena by 2020, old Nahid Nenshi can come out smelling like potpourri yeah. and present his $1.5 billion budget to build... Edmonton North. Isn't that, South, I mean. Isn't that funny, though, how they were saying, oh, we don't have that kind of money and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden on a whim, oh, here's one and a half billion dollars. Like, yeah. Congratulations. Okay. You're a stakeholder in the Calgary Flames. <laughs> Doesn't that make your day? Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted. Yeah. No, I'm, I still want them to leave. And I still want to look forward to future generations of Alberta Oilers fans. <laughs> that's what I want. But, uh, you know, fuck the Flames. But anyway, that, I thought that was interesting. I wonder if that happened. I wonder if that happened when... Uh, and then she made his once quarterly look in the standings and saw that the, that the local team was in first place. Well, maybe, yeah, because if they were so terrible this year after year, then maybe they can kind of slip right. out the back door. But when they're first in the West, all of a sudden, if you coincide, they're hot and they're the cool thing now. You're right. I mean, now everyone's, everyone's jersey's coming out of oh. the closet now. So now... If, if you time that with all of a sudden, oh, by the way, in the news today, the Flames are leaving. Yeah. Bad timing, bad Let me optics. tell you, Mr. Newsman, that was a great segue because, funny, I was at the Homer Dome today. Mm -hmm. I was at the the not-so-fabulous Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And, my God, it is... That's the first time I've been there in a while. You know, when I was playing the corporate thing in regard to uh, building subdivisions in the good old days that I can't do anymore, I guess... Um, <laughs> subtle hint there. Um, I was at the Saddle Dome a lot because you know your contractors and 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 such would take you to games, and they you know they, that's how they entertain. And but I haven't been there in a while, and the concourses are a joke. There's not enough room. There are so many, and I would you know I just that place is so antiquated. When you see the new facilities in all major sports, especially obviously oh, concentrating yeah. on the National Hockey League and the NBA in the winter sports. Um, I hadn't, I'd kind of forgotten how almost dilapidated that, that uh, arena compared to the other palaces. And it's funny as I was in there today, early this morning, because I was on one of my sleepless nights last night, this morning they raised uh, Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. They blew it up this morning. And, uh, I mean, talk about an old barn, but... Joe it, Lewis, Joe Lewis. arena, born the same day I was. Really? 
December 12th, 1979. Joe Louis Arena and I were officially open for business. And uh, and you're still going, and Joe Louis Arena was officially terminated. Rest in peace this morning. And that's why, other than, you know, renovations to MSG, notwithstanding, this is the oldest arena in and the league from 83. Can't Because I remember, I'm getting old and can't remember things while we're on the topics of the Red Wings, since we're Scooby-Dooing along here. Rest in peace to Ted Lindsay, who yes. died over the weekend, yes. I believe. Yes, in his 90s. In and, his uh, 90s, former line mate of Gordie Howe. And, yeah, could, and, uh, you know, and, and much like Gordie Howe in a lot of ways. He could score, he could fight, he could, you know, hurt yeah. you. He could yeah. take a beating. Very, very, very similar. And I to don't Howe. think, you know, obviously Gordie Howe gets all the headlines, and, and deservedly so. This is not a shot. Oh, yeah, I know. Not a shot. And you Red Wings fans out there, this is not a shot. I'm just saying that obviously Gordie Howe was the big ticket item. And a lot of people probably weren't as familiar with the Ted Lindsay as they were with Gordie Howe. No, That's all I'm saying not, because yeah. some people are stupid. <laughs> that's all. Oh, that's funny. That's all. Okay. Um, no, I just, uh, Red Wings building, that Flames building should be raised and it should be tomorrow. And I'm happy to hear that somebody lit a firecracker under Mayor Hayseed's backside because, um, you know, again, both of us have stated this many times. And Chris and I, as taxpayers to this wonderful endeavor of the 1.5 million found money, 1.5 billion, billion found money, um, we are actual shareholders in the Calgary Flames. Uh, that won't make going to sleep any easier this evening. I, 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 but it's better for the city to have an NHL team here if you have one. It would be a bitch to get another one. Um, I, I got to mention this, and I've said this many times. I, I saw, I don't know what I was doing, Scooby-Dooing along through the, the uh, stations the other night, and it was the Ottawa Senators, after all the dismantling of whatever was left after the trade deadline, in Miami playing the Florida Panthers, and there couldn't have been... 5,000 people in the arena. Mm -hmm. It was a joke. And because of permanent seat licensing and season ticket, permanent, you know, season ticket sales, they're probably going to say on the books that it was a full house or give us some inflated number. But I'm telling you, there weren't five to 6,000 people in that damn building. And if there's a team that needs to be in Quebec City, and I've said it a million times, I'll even remember someday the episode that I said it. But Quebec City needs a team, and the best place to have that and, and take that where you keep them in the Eastern Conference and keep it as an even Eastern Conference is put the Miami team in fucking Quebec City because yeah. that just needs to happen. That yeah. is a joke when it costs more than you're bringing in just to light the fucking building and you can't pay the light bill. That was ridiculous what I saw. I don't care that nobody knows anybody on either team anymore. That's a National Hockey League sanctioned event. And it looked like peewee hockey on a Saturday morning, early skate time, or late skate time in the drunken leagues when you got guys that maybe are your age, certainly not mine anymore. I don't know. Maybe, but they do. I don't know. Some probably do. But play hockey with their idiots, and they just get drunk and go out there and pretend that they're still Bobby Orr and the boys. Yeah, well, Miami as a city is just known for not supporting professional sports at all other than if LeBron is playing for the Heat. And that's the only... Or and, well, the big three with right. Dwayne Wade and... When they were winning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, any of those ocean-touching places, you know, the cosmopolitan were so awesome places. 
And yeah, the Heat right now, I don't think are drawing that great. And college does very well down there, but that's where people invest down there, like the Miami yeah. Hurricanes and the Florida State Seminoles, but the not Gators. and not in basketball, not in no, basketball, college football, college basically. football. And that's about yeah, it, absolutely. But again, even Miami suffered this year with attendance because. Uh, they had the good year last year, then got blown out in their bowl game, and it re- didn't didn't have a good year this year, and they just avoided it like the plague in Miami. So um, I'm just – I wish we could send a tape to whoever it needs to go to, starting with Gary Bettman on down. And uh, I, I, you know, I just can't believe that they can't see that there's a problem there. The attendance is and, – and how can you blame ownership? I mean, I, I – you can blame ownership because obviously if they spent more, but is that the answer? I mean, in in a short term, yes, but you're losing through your, you know, anyway. No, I think I almost think that's what they're hoping for because Quebec should have had been the first one to have a team. They yeah. should have had a team before Vegas, before, before Vegas, Seattle, yeah. but it's because they're in the East and Detroit and Columbus, I, they're probably regretting this. Detroit and Columbus were just recently allowed to go back to the East with the lax travel schedule. And so they're not going to want to go back and no one else is going to want to go. So they they shouldn't have done that. But now that they have, I think they're hoping for the Florida to go back move and they bring in Seattle already brought in Vegas and then everything takes care of itself. I, it, it almost seems like that's what they're hoping for. Otherwise, there's no excuse for uh, Quebec not having a team yet. They should have one a long time ago. So I'm, I, I feel really bad for that ownership group and, uh, you know, the Videotron Center and all that. It's, it's really too bad. But one last thing while we're talking about Calgary stuff, and you mentioned how they got their asses kicked against the Leafs 6-2. to two. That is the second time in four games that Mr. David Riddick has allowed six goals in a game. We've mentioned a number of times we're concerned about his, you know, rookiness, and this seems to be really proving it, I think. I mean, is there a chance that he is on the way down and all of a sudden they don't even make it out of the first round. Yeah, well, that's got to be a concern, and we're not tooting our own horns here. We've talked about it almost ad nauseum that we thought by the trading deadline somebody down on Olympic Way in regard to the management team of the of the floodplain flames would have thought somebody would have addressed the goaltending situation. The, the reason that the flames had such a successful first half was they were really scoring at a prolific rate. They really were scoring a lot of goals. And that, you know, kind of hid, hidden, hole, whatever, the, what's the word? It hides? I don't know what the proper word is. <laughs> yeah. God almighty, I'm an English major, and I still don't know what the... It kind of hid. Yeah. There's the word I'm looking for. Past tense. It hid the only so-so goaltending. Well, now that the offense has dried up a little bit, and let, let me, I got to say this. I got to say this. And yeah, sure, this is a bit of a shot at the floodplain flames. I'm tired of hearing about how great they are. Um, you've won one championship in your history. Yeah, one. Anyway, some will argue it should have been 2004. But does it, regardless, that's, that's here nor there. Um, you, as, as the, the team itself, I mean, when the goals have dried up, and we're not talking anymore or lately about Mark Giordano for the Norris Trophy, and we're not talking about Johnny Goudreau anymore uh, by the, what's the one where they win the, is it the Hart Trophy, right? When they win the MVP, right, is the Hart Trophy. And we're not, we're not hearing that anymore. And that's what happens when your goals dry up. And when your goals dry up, the guy on the other end that's preventing the goals has to be better. 
and our two guys in Calgary aren't better. Toronto is a good team. They came in the team into the league last night, third overall in scoring. Calgary was fourth. But Toronto jumped out to a four-nothing lead before, you know, you know, before well, you know, O Canada had already been sung. But it was two-nothing early, and four-nothing going into the last period. Ends up six-two. And a lot of people were hyping it around here that, oh, potentially, if the right things happen, this could be a Stanley Cup Finals preview. Sorry, guys. No, uh uh-uh. Maybe if the Flames had the Maple Leafs goaltender, he seems to be pretty good. Uh, But every, even your favorite, Devin Dubnik the other night, I mean, he looked good against the floodplain Flames. First time since November the floodplain Flames have lost two games in regulation in a row. They've been on a good roll, but should have addressed the goaltending issue, and I think that's going to come back to bite them in the ass when they're eliminated in the first round against the St. Louis Blues or something silly like that. Or against the Edmonton Oilers because... No, have, no, I'm sorry. The Your Oilers done. Oilers have won five of seven mm. points in about, I think, seven of eight. They did uh, get their asses kicked by the Leafs as well, but other than that... They lost to the Leafs too? Yeah, mm. uh, similar. I think almost the same score. And uh, yeah, so they got their asses kicked by the Leafs. But other than that... But the Leafs are in Edmonton Saturday night, right? Yeah, yeah, the Oilers were just in Toronto. Right. Now, now Toronto's here. Right. So now the Oilers get an extended homestand. But the Oilers... And I, what did I say on this show? I said as soon as Sekra comes back, all of a sudden we can start to see the real team again and yep. Clefbaum because he yep. was gone for a couple months too. And what's happened? Ever since Sekra's come back there, other than the terrible game against the Leafs, other than and actually other than that, that was just a few bad minutes where they just gave up a few goals in a few minutes. Other than that, it was fine. But other than that, uh, yeah, I said when Secker comes back, this is a different team, and especially Clefbaum. And ever since they've been back, they've been getting a point pretty much every game. But or is two. it a case of maybe too little, too late? It probably is. But I'm just saying. No, I, I, if, I get it. If the Oilers were able to sneak in playoffs, because there's six points out right now with 16 Correct. games left, so it's probably not going to happen. But if it did, it is. It is. And still they'd have to jump level. over a number of teams. Am I right? Uh, there is basically uh, four teams. There's really just um, uh, there's four. I, they're really concerned with. I think Dallas and Minnesota are in the wild cards right now. Yeah. And then they want to watch out for Arizona of all teams is ahead of them. And that like basically they need uh, maybe someone else. That's who they're really competing yeah. against. So it's definitely possible. But the interesting thing is, if the Oilers were able to sneak into that eighth and final playoff spot, they would probably play the Flames. Mm. right so it's it would be very interesting if they get in there and if the oilers because they're already on a pretty good role and in order to make the playoffs they'd have to really continue the role and if the flames keep going the other way it'd be interesting to see a one versus an eight with the one really i on don't the think the flames end up there. one though i really don't and they might not but they've they've had that i think for a winnipeg while. if winnipeg doesn't see minnesota they'll be fine yeah. i think winnipeg <laughs> with the trades that they made at the acquisition or excuse me at the deadline date for some reason, and I like Bill Peters. I don't have big axe to grind with Bill Peters, but I really do like uh, Maurice, and I like some of the guys, and hopefully Big Bufflin comes back 100% healthy and can contribute a little bit. And uh, if Hellebuck plays anything like he did most of last season and into the playoffs, uh, Hellebuck wasn't the reason that the Jets lost to the Golden Knights last year. It was probably... Mark Andre Fleury more than anything, being honest with you. Um, well, but Winnipeg the- might. I still think Winnipeg has an outside shot 
of being the overall number one in the West. Well, but Winnipeg, even though they're leading their division, the Central, they're seven points behind Calgary. I know. So but that's a tough one. Whereas San Jose... But if you're asking the Edmonton Oilers to get six points, the Winnipeg Jets have the capability to get seven. But what's more likely is San Jose, who's only three points yeah, behind Calgary. I know, I know, Calgary. I know. I that's the, the more likely I one. I know, and they're only getting better. Yeah, so that, that'd be interesting. But, I mean, hey... Uh, Battle of Alberta. I mean, how amazing would that be? Like Absolutely. That, no that'd question. Be, that'd be incredible. But yeah, that's that's the interesting thing there. But this is the first time since, I'm sure, I haven't even looked it up, but I'm sure this is right. Uh, this is the first time since the Gretzky-Messier era where two of the top five scorers in the NHL are on the Oilers, which is unfathomable. Usually we don't even have one other until McDavid and came. And you're still six points out of the playoff spot. Well, what the hell is the problem? Well, because we're just starting to get some secondary scoring now. No, I get now, that, but... And we're missing Where the was defense. that back in October? And where was that oh, in I November know. and December and, you know, most of January? Well, and, you know, even Hitch. Hitch is... I, I, you know, it's fun. It's almost fun watching Hitchcock deal with the media every night because he's really trying to... He's trying to coach these boys backdoor, kind of, I think, through the media, kind of. Reminded them their responsibilities. Yeah. And his experience is kind of showing through a little bit. These guys are going to benefactor if, if, if they get healthy and they keep Hitchcock. Hitchcock's still got something to, I know, to I, give. I kind of hope they get him. Also, the Oilers have said that they hope to begin interviewing GM candidates in the next two weeks, which is great. Do they Nicholson. give... Uh, do they give the brother an interview? Keith Gretzky will definitely get an interview. I've mentioned Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah, he I know will get that. One. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hunter. Uh, there's there's a few other ones they, they're looking at. Well, I had something I wanted to ask you. Um, I was watching that uh, former Edmonton goaltender the other night, just on the highlight package, and he's about the same as he was in Edmonton. He gave up six against the other team. Oh, Cam Talbot? Cam in, Talbot. In Philly? Yeah. yeah. I saw him. He sucks in Philly, too. Yeah. Yeah, Philly set a record with that's their Cam Talbot is their eighth goaltender this year. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a record. So yeah. that's that's pretty. And crazy. like, and I saw that list. I don't remember when, but like two or three of them aren't with even with the organization anymore. Yeah, they're gone. Oh yeah, you can't have eight <laughs> well, no, on but I mean, you could put them in cup, you know, stash a couple yeah. of them down in the AHL with the Philadelphia Phantoms or whatever you're going to do, hide them somewhere. But it was just funny that list, and then three of them no longer with the organization. Yeah, no, they're a, they're a disaster. Even like I said, when they went to the Cup final in 2010 or whatever it was, and they had Michael Layton, some random rookie, basically they they went to the Cup final with no goaltending. They've just been having trouble. Basically, since Hextall, I guess you could almost go back to Bernie it. Perron. Bernie, Perron, but that's before Hextall. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I was never a Hextall no. fan. No, back in the day, they had good ones. They had Bernie Perron, Pete Peters, Pete Peters, Hextall. Yeah. Like, yeah, they had yeah. some really good ones. Absolutely, yeah. Pete but, Peters for sure. Yeah. There was a guy from, he had a funny name, Pelly something. Uh, Pelly Eklund. Pelly Lindbergh, Lindbergh is what I'm thinking. Those of. are the two Pellys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, no. They, they. And great you stuff. were worried we're not going to have anything to talk. about. I was never, oh, ever, <laughs> ever worried about that. I, we don't even. I, I made a few notes on a memo pad. I don't even need them. Like most of the stuff. I haven't I'm, even gotten to ripping the Milwaukee Bucks yet. How no, can you be forty-eight? And I did. I did include that in my notes oh, too. Before you, forty-eight but. to four, forty-eight and fourteen against the rest of the NBA. They've beaten Philly. They've beaten. They've won the season series against Toronto, three to one. They've beaten every big team in the league at least once. They had not lost back-to-back games all year long. 48-14 and 14 against the rest of the NBA, 0-2 against the team's worst fucking, the league's worst fucking team in the Phoenix Suns. But isn't it funny how the Suns, so they do nothing all year, the worst team in the league, then they just 
all they do, they just win two games in a row against the Lakers and the Bucks. Yeah. That's all they do. And the Lakers suck. And the Lakers are dog shit. The Lakers are official. I'm I'm saying this right now. I was gonna wear my Laker hat today, but they're so disgusting. They are officially eliminated. And now the best thing I think they can do is, and though he says he won't do this, wouldn't it be apropos now? Since already supposedly Luke Walton's getting fired. Um, and they're gonna be trading half the team anyway, because they're all their their egos are all fra- fragile because they thought they were all going to get dusted at the at the All Star break. Um, let me tell you, you idiot, something. At UPS, they don't really care when they decide to terminate you or whatever. And the reason I say UPS, and I don't mean any disrespect to UPS, but that's about you guys' skill level outside that you can dribble, shoot, and score a basketball. Those four idiot kids for the Lakers. Um, I think they should shut down LeBron. And they interviewed LeBron about that, and he obviously has said he, unless he's injured, he, he's playing. And uh, he said no one in the organization has had that conversation with him. But if they do, then he's. Wouldn't you he's be there. sick if you're Magic Johnson or Rob Polinka right now, and you're trying to attract a big time free agent or make a trade with somebody? Hold on, let me just. And all of a sudden, LeBron pulls a hammy or blows out a knee. Or at his age, and remember, he's played a lot of minutes for a guy, and he didn't start after four years of college hoops. He started at 18, and he's now 34, I believe. So he's been in the league about 19 years. Quick math, maybe, I don't know. Math was never my major. But what I'm getting at here is that he's more susceptible every year to an Achilles tear, which is, in some cases, a year and a half to a two-year recovery. So... I'm sitting here, if you're Magic Johnson and your boss is Jeannie Buss, who thinks you're still a walking legend and, and, you know, drinks his bathwater for sure, I would sit here and go, LeBron, go work on your next uh, television show. He's got a new show coming out at the the end of March. Um, Go work on your new television show. Go do something. But you're done. They're not coming back, and they're not, and 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 now as they lose more, they are potentially as long as they don't trade it away, they're potentially getting a better spot in the draft. So, I personally think at this point, I think they were officially eliminated with the Milwaukee loss last Friday. They played very very well, but Milwaukee got them in the end, and then to lose to Phoenix and then lose last night to the Clippers. I think they're done, and I think LBJ should be set for the rest of the season. Yeah, they're behind by six games with, what, 16 to play or whatever. Uh, so, but in fairness, like, I wouldn't be hard on the Bucks here because in the same way that the Suns are the first team eliminated this year, the Bucks are the only team to officially have made the playoffs True, this year. but they lost the night before in Salt Lake City, and there was some reason for it, I believe, because uh, their starting backcourt were both out, one with a back problem, one with a uh, plantar fasciitis in his foot. Um, they were then full go and Jonas, Jonas in Utah on Saturday night scored 45 points or 46 points or something like that, but they were full go, man. Every, every man was available, all hands on deck. They hadn't lost a back-to-back game all year long. And you would think that the Bucks should be able to steamroll the Phoenix Suns with only 12 wins coming into this game. And they want to keep that thing, you know, not losing a back-to-back game all year is pretty impressive for an NBA team. And to have that back-to-back happen against the Phoenix Suns, um, yeah, they've got a they've got some work to do. And Budenholzer is a good coach, but uh, 
I think they got kind of full of themselves, and I heard some a little bit of sound after the game last night, and both Malcolm Brogdon and Eric Bledsoe both had mentioned that maybe we didn't take Phoenix seriously enough. Oh, probably, and yeah, and that and that's the that's that's a likely thing, best against the worst. So no problem there. There, the Bucks are fine, but for the Lakers, Snoop Dogg came out. And, I know, and he offered his box seats for five bucks a pop because he's <laughs> so angry. He has completely given up on them this year, and I can't blame him. <laughs> and really, but it's not just how bad the other kids are playing. You have to give, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we gotta blame LeBron. There's all these highlights, should we call them, of you know where he let the ball roll all the way the length of the court. He doesn't want to dribble. You know he had to, Kuzma, who doesn't play defense, had to shove him over to a guy to play defense. Yeah, I mean it's just you know he had the lazy one where he tried to where LeBron tried to inbound the pass and he hit the back of the backboard and then it turns it over to the other team. He had the one where it's not the play's not even on, he's way warming up and he tried to lazily do a bounce pass like of the ball onto kind of the rack of balls and it like hit a camera light and stuff came up way short and he just looks like he's doesn't give a shit at all and he's just not used to not being, you know, all the way to the NBA Finals. I mean, so all this just seems whatever to him. They lose to the Suns. They lose to the redheaded stepchild in Clippers, LA, the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else is there to do? They're just a, they're they're pathetic right now, all the way across the board. And LeBron isn't even trying. He's not trying on offense. He's not trying on defense. You have to put his feet to the fire. He is partly to blame for this for sure. And really, I don't know how much worse it can get. Well, let me tell you something. I know it's a business. That's all I've been hearing, but. Rich Paul, the owner, excuse me, well, <laughs> I guess he is LeBron James's agent. So, but the agent, and there's some collusion going on here. There's some kind of, there's some manipulation going on here. Rich, uh, Rich, uh, what the hell? The Klutz Sports. Rich Paul, mm-hmm. LeBron James's agent, has brought on Anthony Davis, is, is one of his clients. Now they brought on. Uh, Green from uh, the Golden State Warriors, the power forward, Draymond Green. They're trying to build a super team in L.A. And these four kids, and I get it's a business. I don't give a damn. They're getting highly compensated. I get that. But these four little babies, Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, and Josh Bell, had their little pee-pee slapped, and they feel disrespected by the Lakers. And around the trading deadline, the Lakers were done right about then. I mean, they. Yeah, I know we got to go, but shit, we thought we'd have a problem, and it's almost 40 minutes, and I'm having fun. Uh, the boss says we got to go, so we got to go. Uh, we got to go on episode 318 of Unscripted. Had a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, we'll talk again soon. A lot of things to talk about, and uh, we'll be able to scratch up some topics. We'll get to it right after this. But having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.